thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. You love Jesus? You feel all right? You okay? Yeah, it's good to see you. Hey, uh, great job, Skylar. We're excited about uh, this new small group semester. And uh, I'd like to just have, if you're a small group leader, will you just stand? Uh, we want to pray over you. I'm so grateful for all of you. I know Sky, you just said you're leading a Zoom group. Nathan's leading a workout group. No, I'm just kidding. He's leading a men's group. And uh, mom and dad, you're leading three groups. And so come on now. Don't fall into discipleship. You can just do it for 40 years. So 50. All right. Hey, will you guys stretch out your hands every direction here? I can't see very far out. Uh, but these are... Uh, these are the small group leaders that are leading. We have outreach groups and we have prayer groups and men's groups and women's groups. And um, this is so significant in terms of what we believe as a church, where we want to do more than uh, sit in rows. We want to sit in circles and dialogue and grow together. And so this is a significant day for us as a church. Yeah, just stretch out your hands and let's just pray over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for every group leader. God, I thank you for every group that's going to meet in person and online. I thank you for every women's group. I thank you for every men's group every marriage group. I thank you for groups that involve young adults and teenagers. God, I thank you for groups that are focused in on reaching people who don't know Jesus. I thank you for the groups that are helping us love the word of God and grow in the scriptures and walk through a book of the Bible. God, I thank you for every group that's focused in on praying together. God, all these different forms of connecting and growing, and we ask that each group would flourish. We pray for each leader. I pray for divine strength and might. God, as they disciple, as they pastor, as they give of their time and effort to intentionally lead others and serve others. Thank you for their faithfulness. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a big hand to the small group leaders. Can we do that? Yeah, we love you. Uh, Also, I just want to highlight, great job to the worship team. Um, That song that we sang, You Are Faithful, uh, that was written by our team. And so uh, great job, guys. So great. And I I love that. Yeah. Got some amens on the front row. Um, And and it's just awesome. I love what God's doing in our house. Um, Okay. If you've got your Bibles, uh, let's go ahead and go to Philippians chapter one. We're in this series. And here's kind of the big idea that we're taking the month of February. We're going after relationships. And so in week one, um, the whole idea was to talk about our relationships together. And so we talked about gathering for God and we gather for one another and then we gather and our gathering actually is intentional for the sake of the world. Um, Then last week we talked about the marriage relationships uh, in the house and uh, that that was good. That was fun. Um, That was a lot for me because then it's really wild to be the preacher and to preach the ideas because then you got to go live them the next lifetime. And so um, (laughs) a lot of pressure on that, but that was a good week. Um, Well, maybe life. Just kidding, baby. Uh, and then, and then today, I want to go after relationships uh, specifically uh, with people who don't know Jesus yet. And so we're going to go after, even specifically with small groups, go after uh, building in the community. All right, so if you have your Bibles, um, I, want to, I want to launch out of Philippians 1 here. And this, this text, I think, is so key because we feel Paul's heart for the frontline Christians in Philippi. And so uh, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to pray, and then go after it. All right, Philippians 1 says this, For to me, to live is Christ, 
and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor. Can you say labor? Say labor. labor. This will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. And convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Father, we love you today. And Father, we ask, Lord, that this motive and this heart that existed in Paul, where he cared about churches being planted and he cared about others coming to know Jesus and being a witness and a proclaimer of who Jesus is. God, we ask that this would live in us as a church. We thank you for the word of God. I thank you for this season of focusing in on relationships. And God, I ask that our relationships would go, grow thicker with people who still need the good news of the gospel. I pray, Lord God, that that this would be more than an idea for 30 minutes on a Sunday. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would live this. I pray that you would help me to live this. Help each one of us, God, live as a community of faith. We pray that we would walk out um, what we've talked about and we've studied in the scriptures. We pray, I, I do pray for every marriage. I pray, Lord, that we would live this faithfully. And I thank you, Lord, even for the good reports of hearing stories of God at work in, in marriages in our church. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be a light. We pray, Lord, that our lives would actually make a difference in our 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years on planet Earth. We love you. And everybody said amen. amen. Uh, I don't know if you can remember just back a, a couple years ago, all the gratitude that we all felt for all of the medical laborers, all the medical workers that went on the front, front lines when we first found out about this whole pandemic dynamic. Um, for me, uh, we have quite a few different uh, laborers, medical workers in the church. Uh, and I remember when kind of the ambiguity and just what is going on was kind of going on in my mind. And just to go see people intentionally put themselves second in order to put other people first and take the risk to go be on the front line. In fact, can we just give a big hand for everybody in our church that did that and has done that, is doing that? I think that's significant. And this week, uh, I, was, I was talking to Rachel Dorinsky, who uh, is one of those, and I said, tell me a little bit about it. And she, she said, one of the dynamics that you felt by being on the front row is we've been trained for this. Like, this is a moment where there's no one else coming, meaning this is the moment where I have to decide, am I willing to put uh, my safety on the line? Am I willing to go serve other people? There's no one else that's coming. This is what I've been trained for, and I was thinking about our moment as the church of Jesus Christ in our generation, in our time. Because realistically, you could say that there's a spiritual pandemic. You could say that you and I live in a time where we are the equipped, trained church of Jesus Christ, and there's no one else that's coming. There's no plan B. Like you're the light that Jesus commissioned. So he's the light and he prepares and he trains and he equips and we're his disciples and then we go out and we're called to be a radiant light. And in the same way that there was an opportunity that the people in our church said, yep, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna put other people first instead of putting my own comforts first. We've got an opportunity, be it three, four, five, six decades, however many years left as the, the, the each one of you have 
to go be that light that Jesus has, that he's called us to be. And I, I don't know about you, but I think that it's a great moment for us in 2022 to just revive that vision in our house. So I was thinking about um, the first few years of the church. And one of the things that I loved about Radiant Church uh, as we began was baptisms. Um, we started in a school and we didn't have any place to do baptisms. And so uh, we would do these baptisms outside. And uh, it started to snow on a Sunday where uh, we were doing baptisms and somebody said, maybe we shouldn't do baptisms in the snow outside. And somebody, that would be me, said, let's do it anyway. And uh, I just remember the delight and the joy. Uh, it was delightful for me. It was more difficult for Skylar who had to fill up the tank. Uh, but I just remember the delight of doing those baptisms, even in the midst of the snow and kind of that grit that said, let's go after this. And I just want to encourage you. I kind of feel some of that right now. Like, I think that right now it's a great moment for us to say, let's go after helping proclaim Jesus and then helping people take a public witness step in declaring, I have decided to follow Jesus. I think it's the mark of a church that's ablaze for Jesus. And I was looking at just the dynamics in our house and um, 2017, 18, 19, uh, it, was, it was a lot of people being baptized. And then as this this kind of pandemic season has hit in 2021, um, those numbers have dipped. Uh, those numbers are down. But I'm just telling you, I've got a prayer request. I'm inviting you into my prayer request, asking you to add it to yours and not just to pray it, but to live it. Because I'm believing God that 2022 would be uh, the largest amount of people baptized at Radiant Church in our history. And I'm asking God to do that this year. And I know some of you look back at me and you say, hey, I don't like it when churches talk numbers. Well, I just want you to read Acts because Luke said it. 3,000 were added to their numbers, so take it up with Luke. So <laughs> I just think it's good for us to say, hey, we, we wanna, we, it's not about numbers, but it is about being faithful. And if we'll be faithful in what Jesus has called us to do, I believe that we'll see people come to know Jesus. I believe that we will see people come and take a public step saying, I want to be baptized and I want to I declare to the world what Jesus has done in my life. And I see a few things here when I read Paul, and this is just what I want for each one of us as we start to think about building relationships with people who are, who are not currently walking with Jesus, as we think about people whose lives are uh, in chains uh, of sin, and, and we want to intentionally be a heralding light. We want to be a radiant light. We want to be people that uh, personify, show them what Jesus looks like, and go into their world and show them Christ. And I see a few things in this text that I think can break down into a practical way for us to step into being a light with people. The first is this. Uh, I see Paul talking about eternity. and He's got an eternal mindset. He's got this eternal perspective. So this first one would be eyes for eternity. Eyes for eternity. Listen to this. He says, for, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's got an eternal perspective. And, and, and this is different than how we're kind of wired to normally talk. But Paul, when he talks, he frequently is, is measuring how he's going to make his decisions based upon eternity rather than himself or his own comforts. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. We wouldn't say dying is gain. That's a, that's a strange way to talk. Uh, but what the way that he's talking is he's saying, I'm thinking in terms of eternity. And when I think about eternity, he's saying, 
To be with Christ is gain. Many Bible commentators say that he was even inferring that in his martyrdom, there would be other people that would come to know Jesus. No matter how you slice it, it's this idea of I'm thinking not just about my own life and comfort, but I'm thinking about eternity. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become ineffective in this one. So I think that it's easy for us not to have an eternal perspective. It's easy for me to have a seasonal perspective. So it's easy for me to think when I'm in junior high, one day, one day I'll be in high school. I'll no longer be 5'5 and life will be good. Well, that season came still 5'5. No, like high school came and then high school, you tend to think, okay, the next season when I get out, when I no longer with my, my parents, maybe, maybe that's when life will get a little bit better and I'm going to live for now for that day. And then you get that day has its challenges. And then you think, well, maybe in the next season in college or in the next season as a young adult or in the next season uh, in my new career or in the next season where I finally have margin or maybe in the next season where I'm finally an empty nester, then life will be good. Or in the next season where I no longer have to work and I'm retired or in the, I, all the way through. And it's easy to have a seasonal mindset instead of an eternal mindset, but Paul has an eternal one. Paul's not saying I'm going to live hoping for just this next season of life to be better in the next. He's aiming his mindset, his perspective is on eternity. It's difficult to live with an eternal perspective. But when we read Paul, you will only grow in your willingness to embrace risk now if you're thinking about eternity. Because if you're just thinking about now or the next season, you'll tend to make decisions based on comfort rather than eternity. We'll tend to make decisions based upon what makes our lives feel better. And I want to invite you just to look at Paul's intentional language about eternity. And it's, it's all through the epistles. I mean, you find Paul doing a lot, but right here, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Then he says this, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor. Intriguing word, labor for me. But it is more necessary, listen to this phrase, for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So second idea is this, it's, it's laboring. And I'm just putting, uh, we need eyes for eternity and we need life to labor. We need life to labor. And all of us are laboring for something. But Paul here talks about remaining and it's fruitful labor. And he's talking about, I've got a perspective of, uh, and, he's, and he's focused in on the, the, the church being established and the church being these outposts to declare the gospel. He's got people outside of self and he's wanting the good news of Jesus to spread. So he's thinking about the days that he has, the years that he has as laboring and it's laboring for the sake of others. And when, when you think about your life, and you think about your work, your, your, your labor, could it be that we would take Paul's idea here and that we would, we would have an intentional way where we're working, we're laboring for, for people to come to know Christ, for the lost, to labor for the lost. Um, I think that uh, if you're like me, it's easy to allow that to be, God, just give me a sovereign surprise. I'm going to labor for um, comfort or I'll labor for uh, some of my own um, just survival or I'll labor for 
um, maybe some relationships that are enjoyable. But I want to invite you just to take the text and just begin to pray and ask the Lord what he would invite you to, to think about people where you put yourself in a scenario that's uncomfortable for the sake of them seeing, knowing, coming to follow Jesus. Because if we only put our, our relational intensity or our, our, our strategic relationships based upon where it reciprocates, where it boomerangs back to enjoyment for us, I think we miss out on what it means to be missional, to fulfill what Jesus has for our lives. And when we see Jesus, Jesus intentionally goes to the edges of what's comfortable to be with people that are not comfortable. So Jesus consistently, he'll, he'll go and, and he, he'll pursue, I mean, the demonized, <laughs> Right? You're like, a lot of jokes right there I'm not going to make. I got a couple, came to my head, not going to say them. But a lot of us know what it's like to go hang out with people that are uncomfortable and, and labor for something that we want. I want to invite you to look at what would, what would, what would Jesus call you to? What, what would he invite you to, to look at people who, who don't know him and for you to exert intentional relationship building for the sake of them coming to know Christ, for the sake of um, you being a gospel witness, for the sake of you being what Jesus called you to be in your work area or in your neighborhood, uh, what's not comfortable. In my, in, my, uh, in my life, Renata does this really well. Renata will speak about doing things that are uncomfortable um, so that other people will know Christ. And I have this temptation to just go, ooh, that's work. That, that, that's, I, I got enough work in my life. I don't, I don't feel like adding work. And the reason why I highlight that is because that's actually the, the language that Paul uses. He's saying it is labor. It will be labor. It's, it's labor for me. And so it means whenever you exert labor for one thing, it often means you, that you exert that time or effort less on something else. And so maybe taking a moment and saying, okay, what does it look like for me to go to the edge and be what Jesus has called me to be? Jesus spent time, um, I mean, he had the reputation of even being the friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus engaged in a conversation risky with the woman at the well. Um, Jesus, Jesus saw Zacchaeus and stopped and called out the tax collector and said, I'm coming to your house and embraced dining, feasting, spending time with, having relationship with someone that would have been the edge, would have been the one that it would have been not culturally accepted for you to befriend Zacchaeus. And so for us, with our, with our relationships, we're very protective because those, those are our lives. Our li the, I mean, the, the emotional real estate it takes up in our lives. We, we, have, we feel like we have so little and we're doing so much and so I, even, in, even in, in saying this and preaching this, I just want you to know, I, I, I feel that. I know that. I know that our lives are, are, are busy and have a lot. I just want, though, the weightiness of, of what Paul says here to be weighty on you and for you to ask God, what would it look like for me to do what, what Jesus did, where Jesus went to those fringes, where Paul says, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, it will be labor for me to continue and for you to welcome a part of my journey in my decades of following Jesus, of being a faithful witness is to labor faithfully for the sake of others. That's what Paul says here. It's actually for your sake.
And that's hard because it means that we, re, we rewire the way that we do our calendar time. And everybody can say they have values, but where you spend your time and money demonstrates where those values really are. And so I would invite you just to begin to pray through who are the proper names of the specific people that you could intentionally, where you work, the school that you go to, the school that you work at, the hospital that you're at, the place. And, and, and I want to give dignity to those those one-on-one -on -one relationships that you're really intentional with that take a lot of time. Um, maybe to say it this way, to give a lot of dignity to really small, small groups. You know, like I think sometimes even in the small group world, we can be like, well, not enough people came. I'm not sure I want to do it. Except for that the purpose of the small group is to be small. <laughs> right? And so, and so to have one-on-one to have -on -one moments um, to have these moments of really intentional small where you're helping people answer questions. If it's, if it's something about apologetics or something about uh, what it means to follow Jesus in the scripture, or, or maybe it's just building relationship with people that are, are burnt out and hurt and they don't even, they have some reason why they don't want relationship with Jesus or why they don't want relationship with church people. One of the best things that you can do is not fall in love with the stage or the internet, but fall in love with real conversations with people and take the time to know them and spend time with them and pray with them. And we see Jesus doing that. We see Paul saying, if I remain, it's work, it's labor. And what you're doing in these groups, and, and we kind of present these groups, um, it's tricky because in one sense, there's this felt need for community, which I really love. And all, but all of us can identify that. We can say, we can say we need a place to belong, and we do. And there's a communal beauty to that. And there's this other component, which is this very mature apostle, Paul, saying, I'm laboring for your sake. I'm laboring for the sake of others. So I've got this vision of Christ that's so high that I'm going to spend these days, these hours, laboring for you on your behalf. So if you feel like you're laboring for just one or just two, and you're giving generously of your time or your dollars or your knowledge or cleaning your house and making sure that it looks great for people or your food, and it's a lot of labor, just go back to Philippians 1. Just come back and look at, this is, this is you intentionally saying, I'm going to labor. And then, and then there's another place where Paul gives some of his labor that is probably just a little bit more work than what we're all doing. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 4, where he gives just this brief resume. This, is, this, would, be 20, this would be an online resume in 2022, right? This is, to this very hour, we, speaking of the apostles, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Whew, not online. When we have, we have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. So just, just, just think about this. As you embrace laboring for the lost, or as you embrace laboring for others like Paul, you're going against the culture. And the, the gravity of selfishness in our culture is so strong. And it seems absurd to spend your energy to labor for the sake of others. 
But most of us will spend our time either laboring for comfort or laboring for others. And so I want to invite you just to pray and not, not, not to do radiant small groups. I want to invite you to pray and ask God, what is my yes to labor for the lost? To intentionally, what, 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 what does it look like in the place that I work? What does it look like um, in my school where, I, where, I'm, where I'm attending? I think it could look like uh, parents. I think it could look like rearranging the way that we spend some of our comforts to be as intentional as possible to labor well for the salvation, for the um, intentional environments where our kids are. And when I say salvation, what I mean is, is pu- putting our kids in environments where they're going to have the greatest capacity to encounter God. Um, doing things that will we'll voluntarily forego some things we really enjoy and, and our children who, who desperately, our teenagers, our children who desperately need God will be the beneficiaries of some of our, our laboring, our choices. And it's, it's work. It takes work to, to listen, to connect, to pray with, to know, to help. And so kind of reframing, all right, Lord, to do these things, I need your help. I need eyes to see eternity. So these people that I work with, since we believe that heaven and hell are realities, since we believe that there is an eternal destination of every human being, since we believe that we have been given the great commission and we are called to be the hands and feet and voice to the church of Jesus Christ, frontline workers right now, God, give me eyes to see eternity. And then God... Give me, a, give me air in my lungs. Give me life to labor for the lost. And to reframe my time to care like you care. To be what you've called me to be. And then he says this, and this will be the last one. He says this, convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. And I just wanted to highlight this word Continue. So I would say the third one would be this, courage to continue. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes when it comes to this word evangelism or the idea of helping other people come to know Christ, it's easy to feel like been there, done that, because I did it for a season. So for me, I would say that the first time that you know, I really became convinced of this, ablaze for this, was you know, somewhere around 30 years ago as a teenager and I got really passionate. And, and to just kind of re-sign up decade after decade, I think takes supernatural help. Yeah. I think it's, it's coming before the Lord and saying, God, would you give me the courage to continue to, to not settle in on letting someone else do it, letting a professional do it. Hey, David, the screamer, Nathan, the turtleneck wearer. Hey, you guys, you, you two do it. You guys do this. This is what you're paid to do. You guys be the professional Christians. Sorry, Nathan. That was just love. So I was just seeing if you're paying attention. Uh, and and, and let, me, let, me, let me just, let me do what's comfortable and, and let me get somebody else to do this. I was thinking about, though, the way that Jesus talked in Matthew 9 where Jesus, Jesus spoke specifically about 
The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And in the few decades that we have, it's our chance to, to labor. All of us know what it's like right now to have a labor shortage, right? Right now, we know what it's like to walk into a restaurant or a store or to have some, some, some kind of goods and service that we're used to being uh, provided that no longer is provided. And, and, and suddenly, that whole industry is tainted or shut down. And, and we've seen it kind of in a fresh way. Well, Jesus talks about there being a labor shortage. He can't get done what Jesus wants to get done because he needs the people that will voluntarily say, I'll labor. put put me in. I'm there. I'll do the work. And I think 21st century church, um, it's easy for us to try to make it sound really, really exciting and you know, like, and, and yet there's this real element of Jesus. I'm, there's a harvest. I'm a laborer and it's work, but I'm in. And, and that's the beauty of it. I, I, I want to be faithful to what you've called me to. And so, and so I'm going to labor. I'm going to intentionally do what you've called me to do. Um, so we, each week, we gather. And when you go to your place of employment or when you go to your school or to, or to lead your family, the, the most strategic time is when we scatter. It's, it's when you, as a sent one, go and you be... You build the relationships. And I was talking to my dad about this this week. Um, it, 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 you're not going uh, like bait and switch. You're not going where you've got this agenda that is um, anything other than you are being Jesus' hands and Jesus' feet. And when I say our goal is not to just do anything other than be the light of Jesus and let Jesus do the rest. Like, let God be at work. And then we're, we're faithful to him, and we say, I, I've, I've been a faithful witness. There's that moment in John 1. Um, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And I was thinking about he himself's not the light. There came a man who was sent. That idea, sent, was sent from God. His name was John. And each one of us could say that we are sent. And you could just put your name in there. There was a man who came from God. His name was Will. <laughs> he himself was not the light. He came as a witness to the light. Right? So he's speaking of John the Baptist, but John the, John the Baptist is a witness. We're all now witnesses. You will be my witnesses. We're the ones that we, we are sent ones. So just, if you put your name in there, there is a way that you are called to be sent. There is a way that you could say, there came a woman, her name was Debbie. She was sent from God. Are you tracking with me? I'm not saying it's equivalent to John the Baptist, John 1. I'm saying that we're all sent ones. You tracking with me? We're all called to be sent. And sometimes when we think of it on such a, uh, a, a, a level of, of others, we don't take it to the personal level and I want to invite you to just put your name in to where it's so personal that you would say, I'm sent. What? And, and it might not be that you've taken the time to hear the sending, but that doesn't mean that you haven't been sent. You have been sent. You, you've got an opportunity to declare Jesus to the world. And so when we gather as a church, we're, we're doing more than coming together as an audience. Um, we're an army. Uh, we're coming together 
and we're, we're looking at one another and we're praying, we're worshiping, we're, and then we're going out to go make a measurable impact on the planet. Let's close with this thought. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody else has done this, but um, when we had four kids, um, I, and we lived in Colorado, we still have four kids, but when they were little, <laughs> um, when they were little, there's these afternoons where um, I would take the four kids to give Renata a break, and I would take all four kids to Lifetime Fitness. Um, confession. Um, I didn't use Lifetime Fitness for its purpose. Um, I, took, I took all four kids and checked them into two hours of childcare, um, and then I sat in the cafe <laughs> and wrote sermons um, and drank coffee. Um, now, Lifetime Fitness, that wasn't the purpose of Lifetime Fitness. It had another purpose, but I kind of used it and used it for what I wanted, right? <laughs> I, I actually did some interviews at that cafe. I actually met people there, and I, 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 I kind of got what I needed out of it, even though the vision of the place was probably, you know, treadmills and, you know, all the barbells and stuff. Um, to, and I think sometimes it's easy for us to do that a little bit with church. Where we come in, we say, ah, I'm going to try to reframe it to what I want. And I just want to invite you to ask Jesus, what does it look like for me to be a real light? I go to a church called Radiant Church, where the dream is that we would be a real light to Kansas City. And, and my hope is that in 2022, that we would see. And I, this is what I'm praying for. And I'd like to invite you to put this on your prayer list and on your prayer journal like it is in mine. That in 2022, it'd be the year where we see more people come to know Jesus, more people baptized than any year in our brief history. But I'm believing God for that. I'm believing God that no matter what challenges we may experience, that the church is marching on, that we continue to see Jesus at work. And I want to invite you just to pray with me. And if each one of us will take the relationships the few people, not hundreds, not thousands, but each one of us will take the ones and the twos and the threes that are in our world. And we'll be a faithful witness. We'll be a faithful sent one. Hi, my name is David. I'm sent from God. This is my job. I'm going to be a witness to that one person. And for many of us, rearranging our calendar time on even, even where we go and how we, in order to be a light. I was talking to one guy who had worked from home. And then he started working at Sweet Bay Coffee Shop, uh, which is in Arkansas. It's not here if you try to figure it out. He started working at Sweet Bay Coffee Shop. I said, no, why, why don't you work at your home office? Why are you working at Sweet Bay? And he says, I work at Sweet Bay because it's my pond. I said, you know what? My pond. He said, I'm fishing. He goes, I'm building relationships with people at Sweet Bay. And he's leading people in the coffee shops to Christ. So it, yeah, it's more comfortable for him to be at his home office, but he's going he's gonna to office out of Sweet Bay. Here's the mindset. I'm going to labor. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to put people ahead of my own comforts. And so I want to invite you just to ask the Lord, people, places, time, ways, where you on mission, a sent one can help people come to know Jesus. Will you stand with me? Would you just take a moment and would you just, I'd like to invite you to just, just pray as an intercessor. Just the, the name, one, two, 
maybe three if you got three people that you know that need Jesus, need you to, that you're in their world. You're relationally connected in some way. And we just pray that the Lord would give you opportunity. Just you and God, 10 seconds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up those who need the good news of the gospel. The good news of Jesus. And we ask that you would help us to be an army, radiant light. Our actions, our dollars, our deeds, our prayers demonstrate the life of Christ. Lord, I thank you for every person in the room and online, and I pray you'd help them. I pray, Lord God, that you would give them your strength, not their own, not their own abilities, but Jesus, this is your church and we're your people. And so would you be at work? Help us. And God, I do pray in 2022, I pray that we would see more people actually come to know Christ than ever before. More people with a public declaration, I have decided to follow Jesus, take steps of obedience and baptism. We pray that you would help us be faithful as we've been called. We love you. Maybe you're in the room, you're online today. And you go, I, I, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. The good news is this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, if you say, I want that gift, I want what, what Christ has done for me on the cross, I want to receive it and I want new life in Christ. If that's you, would you just raise your hand wherever you're at in this room and just raise it high and I want to pray for you and have you pray a prayer with me. Just raise it. If you're online, you can, there's a little digital way you can mark that, a little digital hand you can raise. Just pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I ask, save me. Forgive me. Heal me. Give me new life in Christ. I turn to you. I surrender my life to you. I want to spend eternity with you. Take my life, God. In Jesus' name, I surrender. Amen. Can we just give a big shout out to Jesus, King Jesus, the Lord of our lives? Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, oh, we're with you heart and soul, and it's the best decision that you could ever make. And You know, if you feel like you're going through difficulty, if you feel like your life is very challenging, I think that an eternal perspective is one of the best things you could ever have. Jesus said that. 
Jesus said, don't be troubled. Hey, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back. He takes hardship and he immediately goes into eternity. I'm preparing a place for you. Some of you are going through such difficulty, such hardship. And one of the best things you can do is recognize maybe life, maybe life is bigger than just the comforts of the planet. Maybe eternity is what is worth living for. Anyway, if you prayed that prayer and you want to begin that journey with Jesus, I want to encourage you to get connected. There's a place where you can tell us online on that connection card. And if you'll fill that out, we're going to help you get connected, not just resource, but relational resources. Help you get connected to it. We have a small group on Sunday nights. We'd love to get you connected there. Let me pray of our tithes and offerings. We'll let you go. Father, we love you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my friends. I thank you for this church. I thank you. God, I just thank you for the wholeheartedness in this house. I just think about the people I see week after week. They just love you. I see people in prayer meetings. I see people serving. I, I, I hear stories about gospel witness or it's declaration in hospitals and universities and high schools. And I just so, I'm so grateful, God. You're at work in such a special way. And so God, we pray, take what we give. God, we give cheerfully and gladly. And God, we know, Lord Jesus, you've got, <laughs> you got a house for us. And we ask, Lord Jesus, as we give, we just give back to you. Everything that we have is yours. Take what we give, use it. It's our delight and our joy. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name.